Hey guys, and welcome to or back to the Pause in Pursuit podcast with your host, Summer Clark. So before I start uh, rambling on at you guys, um, I just want to say sorry for my voice. Um, it probably sounds like I'm dying of the plague, and that's because I am. I have a cold, um, so my voice is not the nicest thing to listen to ever, but the show must go on and I must get these episodes recorded. Um, so today's episode is going to be a slightly... Um, what's the word? Shorter. Don't know why it took me so long to think of that um, episode than usual. Um, I'm trying to contact future guests and get those guest episodes planned. Um, but for now, um, I've had a lot of questions regarding agility shows, uh, the format and layout of agility shows, um, and people wanting to know my favourite agility shows, my least favourite agility shows, you know, shows I always make sure are planned in my calendar and shows I just avoid um, if I avoid them um you know not to not to cause any beef or anything here <laughs> and then does the perfect agility show even exist um you know and what does that look like in my opinion so yeah i'm just going to discuss um all things agility shows with you today for those of you who are interested so without further ado let's get into it so what does the ideal agility show look like in your opinion so the ideal or perfect agility show, um, in my opinion, has modern courses, um, which I'm sure most of you can agree with. So this includes safe lines and distances between obstacles. So, for example, at least, obviously, at least five metres uh, between obstacles. But to be fair, I prefer even more, um, if possible, because it allows the dog to open up and um, unleash its full speed potential, um, especially arrow you know, especially with dogs like Arrow who are nervous um, or were nervous and, you know, really need that confidence boost and to have fun and enjoy themselves on the course. Um, so, yeah, safe lines, that's distances. So, you know, nice big distances, um, ideally more than five metres, uh, in my personal opinion. And then safe lines is obvious stuff like, um, you know, exits on exits, entrances onto contact equipment and um, not as much exits off because, you know, you're meant to teach those exits, but you can't teach an en an entry. It has to be straight. Do you know what I mean? Like, really, for a dog walk. Um, So nice, easy, straight entries onto contacts. Um, That is really important. Um, And yeah, just nothing that's sort of just dangerous, to be honest. Like I said, the safe lines is mainly for contacts, Um, you know, for me. But yeah, even jumps, you know, you don't want things at really really dodgy awkward angles um you don't want lines that are meant to be straight and they're actually not so the dog has to twist and turn um you know unnaturally to achieve it um and stuff like that that could result in injury so yeah those are you know modern courses have safe lines and distances between obstacles so that is that is that um also uh, modern courses require european handling so I like a good course that requires me to showcase my handling skills, not just run around in the same direction with the dog on the same side as me. Um, I like to be able to do things like catchers, you know, you get your blinds in there, um, just stuff that makes it fun, really. You know, it's not that deep, but like I just enjoy that. So I enjoy having to do catchers, blinds, um, front crosses, you know, I really enjoy courses that make me run like hell to get a blind in um or test my rear crosses if if I can't do that but usually I do try and go for the blinds as you've probably seen funny videos of me absolutely pegging it after arrow um so yeah I do enjoy having to um you know test my own handling skills especially in the higher grades obviously if you're in a class that's like one to three yeah you probably don't want to have to do all those things but for me in my grade you know five to seven 
Um, I do enjoy seeing courses with areas that I have to showcase my handling and really test that. You know, it just makes all the things you practice at home and in training feel worth it. Um, and it's nice to, you know, proof that in the ring as well as just the home environment. Um, so yeah, these things allow, yeah, so I already said, um, safe lines and distances allow the dogs to open up. Um, so yeah, that, see, that depends on ring size. Another thing is, um, another thing about an ideal show is big rings, but I'll get onto that in a minute. So, um, I also like courses. Um, so when I say modern courses that require handle of fitness or strong verbals or both. So I really like having, like I just said, having to absolutely sprint, um, you know, challenging courses basically um so either you beat your dog down a really fast line because you're super fit or you have a really strong verbal so for example a dog walk and then around the back i love stuff like that because again it's just a test again it depends on the grades but this is for me remember and i have um ethel was grade seven and arrow is now grade six so i am competing in those high grade classes um but i really do enjoy that so yeah really uh, long straight run and then say around the back or you know, a pull off a tunnel or something where you have to beat them or shout from behind um, and the dog have to really listen to what you're saying. So I love stuff like that. Uh, but again, that's again more for the higher grades um, and then traps as well. So again, for the higher grades, but I do enjoy a good trap. Um, it's really cool to test Arrow's skills um, and see whether he can listen to my verbals. Um, you know, again, if I can get there to um, help him avoid traps and stuff like that. I think traps are really important. I remember with Ethel, I used to absolutely love trappy courses purely because a lot of the really fast dogs went into the traps, but with, um, Ethel, obviously she was steadier. So I could, you know, call her off the traps. So I always looked for courses with those traps, but even now I do have a fast dog in Arrow. I still do like to see courses with some traps that I can really test. Um, and again, it, that's how it should be in the high grades. You, you do want traps there. So moving on from modern courses, this kind of ties in, but grade appropriate courses. So like everything I've just said is mainly for the high grades that I'm in, but obviously you don't want a lot of those things in the low grades. Um, you know, like one to three arrow probably wouldn't have, um, got as confident as he has if he had to do hard stuff when he was in the lower grades. So I think it's really important to not make your courses too difficult for lower grades as a judge. Um, another thing, little, uh, little side note here, um, that got me thinking about doing this episode is that my judging course is coming up, um, on the 20th and 21st of March. I'm so excited. Um, hopefully becoming a proper kennel club judge. So that's really exciting. But yeah, that got me thinking about, um, shows and courses. Anyway, um, I'm going off on a tangent and rambling again, but yeah, great appropriate courses, you know, nice and simple, really encouraging the dogs to just open up and get confident in the ring for the lower grades. And then gradually getting harder as you go up the grades. And then, you know, grade six, seven and champ should be hard. It should be very quite hard, especially champ. Um, and it should have those things like traps, um, and you know, the use, the need to use verbals, um, and beat your dog places and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, great, a course, a course, a show with courses that are modern and courses that are appropriate to the grades that they are set at. Uh, those are in my ideal show really. And then big rings, I said earlier, um, big rings just allow dogs to open up, uh, require handle of fitness or strong verbals again for the high grades. Um, and it also means that there is more of a chance for those safe distances between obstacles because there's more room for you to actually 
achieve that. Uh, but I do love big rings. Um, again, I'll get onto my favourite shows, but Iconics has huge rings and I absolutely love it. I love big open courses. Again, big rings just mean big open courses, which is what I would like to see at my, you know, if the perfect agility show existed for me, that would be uh, what it had. Um, and then equipment wise, again, personal preference entirely, but you're interested. So I'm telling you, first contact or Galican equipment. Um, so again, equipment is more of an issue when you have a dog with previous nerves like Arrow. Um, so first contact or Gallican equipment, uh, you know, they're safe, uh, they're high quality and there aren't any issues, you know, like universal issues with lots of people's dogs around fear of certain obstacles, e.g. the seesaw. Um, I know some equipment providers, unfortunately, their seesaw is heavier or made of a different material and it spooks some dogs so i can't take arrow over an adam's seesaw because it spooks him uh well i, I don't know if it well i wouldn't know actually because i've never done it because people have told me to avoid it um but i know a lot of people whose dogs have been spooked by the adam seesaw um because just just because the way it's built that's different to what they usually train on um you know it makes more of a bang it's heavy or whatever I think I think one of the uh, seesaws. I can't remember which one or whether it was Adams gets like it goes to the top. The dog goes to the top and it takes ages to to go down and that that freaked a lot of dogs out. But anyway, I I just won't take him over that because he's had issues and knowing his past and his history, that is likely to make him nervous and I do not want that to happen again. Um. So yeah, my perfect agility show has first contact or Gallican equipment because I like I love both of those um brands of equipment just personally. Um, and then my I, uh, Perfect Agility Show also has an even surface. This is super important. So, for example, freshly cooked grass. Um, I remember I had to run Ethel at a few shows before um, in the summer where the grass is, like, up to her chest. <laughs> um, and not just for her, because obviously that's, like, wait, her wading through water. Um, but I felt like I was wading through quicksand as well because it was up to my ankles. So, yeah, I like an even surface, you know, like an even, not, not lumpy either, uh, nicely cooked grass. Uh, or if it's um, indoors or on an equestrian surface, the sand is nice and even. Again, not really deep, um, just so it doesn't feel like you're running on, uh, you know, so it's still soft, obviously, but it doesn't feel like you're running through quicksand, basically. Uh, you probably know what I'm on about. Again, th these all probably make me sound like I'm being really picky, but you did ask what my perfect agility show looks like, so here it is. Maybe it'll, maybe it's, maybe, well... I was going to say maybe it'll happen one day, but there are a few shows that I think already achieve all of this that I'll get onto in a minute. Um, but I also love shows um, that have qualifiers and or finals. Um, so my ideal show would have um, qualifiers for finals, say, later on in the year or finals at the actual event, uh, at the actual show that day or weekend. Um, so I love, you know, big shows with qualifiers or, you know, and or... Um, finals or semi-finals just stuff like that again it makes people more like to chase them i love going to show thinking you know you've got a few normal runs and then oh, you've got your big qualifier that you're going for that's super exciting and then obviously shows with champ finals in the evening it is just way more of a vibe way more exciting um and then trade stands again not not necessary as far as the agility aspect goes but i, I love a show with a good trade stand um so i can do a bit of shopping you know keeps me entertained between runs can't go wrong Trade stands, um, I love not just dog trade stands, but like handle of fitness trade stands, um, clothing trade stands, like activewear trade stands. I love stuff like that. Um, you know, you got like Solomon Agility I think Agility World does like clothing and shoes Solomons for um handlers, so I love stuff like that. 
Um, and then a spatial car park. Again, it probably doesn't seem like that big a deal, but when you're day parking, um, and same goes for if you camp in a big camping pitch, um, parking and camping, either or, or both, ideally. Nice big open space where you're not like crammed in next to another vehicle. Um, and, you know, you can open your doors and your boot and get your dog out, you know, comfortably without being like rubbing up against someone else. <laughs> um, yeah, so say for camping, you know, where your pitch isn't like half on top of someone else's pitch and stuff like that. Um, and then a decently sized exercise area is always nice because, um, you know, our dogs have four runs at a show. They're in the in the vehicle for most of that time, really, to be honest. So it's nice to have a nice open exercise area where you can take them for a walk or a run and a toilet before and after runs, in between runs, over the lunch break, stuff like that. Um, and it also, it means there's probably going to be less like cuffuffles, if, if that's what you call it, between dogs. I know that's happened at some of the shows. Uh, you know, people let dogs off lead and they have a bit of chaos between them, you know. Not, ne- not necessarily like fights or whatever, just... You know, loads of dogs in one space can be a bit chaotic. So a nice big exercise area means, you know, that's less likely to happen and everyone's got their own sort of an opportunity to have their own space to sort their dogs out and stuff like that. Um, I'm also big on warming myself up. So I like doing that in somewhere where I'm not doing it like next to someone else because I'm probably kicking while I'm swinging my legs and stuff. Um, Again, I mean, very picky, but again, it's my perfect show. And then poo bins like... It's the bare minimum, really, isn't it, to have poo bins at a show? But, yeah, my perfect show needs to have plenty of poo bins because Arrow is one of those dogs that does about seven poos a day for whatever reason. Um, Most of them are, are, are in pure excitement and there isn't a lot to it. <laughs> but, yeah, there's nothing worse than being at an event and, you know, even, well, training or anything. Um, And your dog does poos and you've got, like, three poo bags at the end of the day. And there's nowhere to put them. So not only do you have to leave them at your vehicle all day long because there's no poo bin, so it reeks, especially when it's hot. No, not for me. Uh, but then you also have to take them home with you. So what I do is I, like, loop them round my uh, windscreen wiper for my back windscreen on my car or the tow bar of the van, depending what vehicle we're going in. And they just stay there for the journey home. And I'm like, well, what if one comes off and shoots into someone's windscreen? <laughs> The car by me just gets a windscreen full of this exploded poo bag because I'm having to trail it on the back of my vehicle. <laughs> but yeah, poo bin's really important. It's 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 an agility show. It's for dogs. There's going to be lots of dog poos. Have lots of poo bins. Not just one either, like plenty. Um. So yeah, that pretty much is my perfect agility show. So next is what is your favourite agility show? So again, there's more than one. So I'll go through um some of them. But my very favourite show uh, probably has to be Iconics. Um, like I said, it's at Dallas um, Polo Club is my favourite venue for that because the rings are big. It's just great. Uh, you know, the, the courses are modern um, and grade appropriate from my experience. The rings are huge. I love it. Um, first, It uses first contact equipment, which is one of my faves. Um, it's an even surface. It's perfectly surfaced. Um, and it has lots of qualifiers and finals, which makes it extremely exciting, especially you know, the by night finals, uh, when it's several days, and I know they're introducing team finals coming up uh, this year, which is super exciting, um, so you've got that as well, um, there's lots of trade stands, um, but again, it's not loads of trade stands, but there's just the right amount, you know, you've got some food bits, you've got some dog bits, and then you've got a clothing bit, so it's not tons, but it is there, 
um, and they're useful as well. And then there's obviously Poobins, which is great. So yeah, Iconics is my favourite show, specifically at that venue. Um, if you don't know Dallas Polo um, Club, Dallas Burton, I think it is, it's where the night one, the, the by night show is held. Because I know they hold it at a few different venues throughout the year. Um, I can't remember where the other one was. I think I went to an Iconics that was indoors and it was... It was the zero degrees one and it was where the old British Champs was held, but I can't remember the name of it, but you probably know what I mean. Um, and then obviously KCI and Dogs in Need, they are my two other absolute favourite shows. Um, another thing that I didn't mention in my Perfect Chills show, but I really enjoy in KCI and Dogs in Need is because there's like a million rings. Um, each ring has a different judge, obviously. And so you get a variety of judges, which means you get a variety of courses. So it's really nice to just have, you know, as long as they're all safe um, grade appropriate courses, um, then it's nice to have that variety of judges and courses, you know, it keeps it interesting, especially when, like, Casey has four days long, Dogs and Need is, like, nine, stuff like that, so I find that, um, really good, um, and then, obviously, they also have first contact equipment, uh, they do lots of qualifiers, loads of qualifiers, um, so I actually qualified at Dogs and Need for an agility club final with Arrow, but I didn't, I, di I knew it was a qualifier, but because I was like, oh, this is just training his contacts, because I don't just started doing agility classes with him, I didn't think much of it, anyway, I won, qualified, and then I'm not an agility club member, so I can't do it, <laughs> but anyway, my point, that's, I just remembered that off the top of my head, um, you probably don't really care about that, but, but that did happen. Uh, but yeah, I love shows with loads of finals and qualifiers. And Casey and Dogs Need have all of those. Um, I did the Novice Cup semi-final with Arrow at KCI. Um, after, obviously, the, the heats in the morning on the first day. And I love um, shows that are several days because, like, the Thursday of KCI, you've got the Novice Cup and the Starters Cup. Not, yeah, no, I didn't do the Novice Cup. Scratch that, I did the Starters Cup. Sorry, you know what I mean? Um, so you've got those on the Thursday, then you've got something, uh, Champ on the Friday, then more Champ on the Saturday, and then something else on the Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like, each day is allocated a sort of thing, like a theme. So either Champ, uh, Novice or Starters Cup, uh, stuff like that, which is cool. And then you pop, oh, and you've got Singles on one of the days. That's the other one I'm thinking of um and then what else obviously there's loads of trade stands like you can't get any more i think the only show that beats the trade stands for kci and dogs need is crofts and crofts beats everything because it's literally just one big trade stand pretty much <laughs> um so that doesn't really count but yeah trade stands uh there's so many um and to be honest it just feels like a holiday um oh yeah just quickly they also have poobins and considering how big the show is they do so well with poobins casey and dogs need the venue's huge the show's huge most people need a bike to get round dogs in need because it's that big and yet they still manage to put poobins all over the place which is just good job kudos to you um yeah so the entertainment as well at KCI and Dogs and Need. So you've got the disco. I know Thames also does a party. So I love shows with that, especially when I'm camping. Um, it just makes you feel like a holiday. So you've got the, the um, disco. Then I know at Dogs and Need, you also have like bingo nights, um, entertain other entertainment nights, stuff like that. It feels more like a holiday than just an agility show, which I absolutely love. It is literally, KCI and Dogs and Need is my yearly holiday um it is the highlight of my year i love it so much um so those are my other two favorite shows so yeah my three favorite shows iconics casey and dogs in need no particular order i just love all three of those and they are staples that i always make sure are in my calendar for the year um 
Again, Thames is another one I love. I don't always do it because it's quite far away and I and it's only two days. Um, so obviously it's just camping for one night. Um, but I do love Thames as well for all those reasons. Um, and then what is your least favourite digital show? Now, I don't want to be too, like, brutal or name names, but I did get a lot of people asking me this. So I'm going to say any show that uses um, equipment that um, is known for you know, spooking dogs, so, like I said, Adams, I avoid, um, you know, any, any show with Adams equipment, I have to avoid, again, it's not a dig, it's just, I don't want to risk it, um, after what I've heard from others about, you know, experiences they've had with their dogs spooking over the equipment, so I just, any show with that is my least favourite, because I don't do it, because I can't do it, because I don't want that issue, so technically, I suppose that is the answer to that question, um, And then shows with, like, really tiny rings, um, you know, really tiny venues that you, you the dogs can't really open up, um, properly, you know, and I'm not just talking normal size rings that, like, um, you know, like, not, the rings don't have to be huge, but any, any shows with rings that are that small, and I've been to a few of them, and the courses are always really crammed in, um, just because that's all they can, you know, manage which is through no fault of anyone's but just is how how it is um I will tend to avoid those because um it's just not it's not as fun for either me or Arrow um it's probably more of a safety issue for a dog like Arrow and the way he runs again it's each their own these are all just purely my opinions um and then shows with uncut grass or uneven sand you know if, if I know a venue and again a lot of this is more the venue than the show so the venue it plays a massive part, you know, the venue makes the show, the venue is the show, basically, do you know what I mean, um, excuse me, what's going on, right, so yeah, uh, um, event, if venues have really uneven surfaces, or if, you know, the grass is really long, or the, the sand is, like, lumpy and stuff like that, again, often, not just an enjoyment thing, but a safety thing with a dog like Arrow, um, who's so fast, and he's quite clumsy anyway, um so add a clumsy spaniel to a lumpy surface then it's just not going to end well um so if you want more specifics for example um i can't do agility vision because um they use adam's equipment um again that's just it's just it's just an example of how it is for some people like it's nothing against the show or anything it's just you know my dogs had previous seesaw nerves i've heard a lot of people saying that their dogs who didn't even have any nerves have gone over adam's equipment um on the seesaw and got nervous so yeah that's that's one that i used to do with ethel agility vision and enjoyed it um and then i now have to not do it because now i'm just running arrow and he has you know that history that makes me not want to use the equipment so, yeah, that is pretty much everything. And like I said, it, we've only been 20 minutes. I know it's a shorter episode than normal, but I suppose sometimes it's nice. You're not getting me rambling for like an hour all the time. Um, but, yeah, I had a lot. I didn't expect people to be that interested in um, my opinion on shows and stuff, but you were, so I have provided. But anyway, yeah, that is that is the episode. So I hope you enjoyed. Um, again, it's all just opinion-based. Um, you know, it depends on what dog you've got, doesn't it, um, most of the time. Um, yeah, but that's kind of how I, how I think, um, the perfect agility show, does it exist? Nothing's perfect, um, nothing's ever going to be perfect, like I said, but those three shows I mentioned 
are very close to perfect for me. I love them so much um, and I will always make an effort to go to them. But like I said, no show's perfect. There's still humans running it. Like, it is what it is. Um, but I, I just want to give a shout out to every show organiser because it can't be easy. It cannot be easy. And after talking to Neil Ellis about Iconics the other, um, the other week, a lot of you probably watched, it's not easy. <laughs> so, you know, nothing against any shows because, you know, if you've gone and put on a show, um, where that's with some friends or your club or whatever, then it's a huge thing to do. Um, the planning it sounds like it takes is immense. Um, so yeah, shout out to every, everyone who puts on a show basically good job um we need we need more people like you <laughs> um but yeah that is pretty much it um I just love agility shows in general to be honest but yeah I, I do have my faves my least faves and usually the least faves are more just of a sensible thing um it's nothing I can do about it it just is what it is um and obviously if some shows swapped out equipment um for like first contact or gal bleh, first contact or gallican oh my god what's wrong with me um I would go again but yeah, stuff like that. So now you know. So yeah, I will speak to you all next Wednesday. Um, before I go, just quickly, um, if you could leave a review on the podcast, uh, that would be majorly appreciated. Ideally five stars, but you know, do what you feel. Um, keep sending me your feedback, good, the bad, everything in between. I love hearing it and I take it all as constructive criticism. Um, yeah, and if you have any more questions about uh, what I've talked about today, please just DM me um, or, you know, just reach out. I've had a few people say, oh, I've seen you at shows, but I'm too scared to come up to you. I didn't think I was scary, but <laughs> please, please just come up to me. Um, you know, I'm always happy to talk to you guys. Um, it'd be, I'd love to, in fact. So yeah, come up to me because I'm often in my own little world, in my own little bubble, not paying much attention, probably, you know, won't even notice people around me sometimes. <laughs> um unfortunately so yeah just come up to me um keep asking me lots of questions and keep sending me ideas for future episodes as well i'm always on the lookout um you know future guests you want to want me to have on and stuff like that so i'm always open to all of your feedback and communication and then lastly please follow me on all of the socials i'm active on all of them every single day i'll put them here on the youtube video and down below um on spotify and apple podcast forgot they were what what they were called then and I hope you didn't hate my uh, congested voice too much today. Um, and you will come back next Wednesday at 8pm. So, yeah, I will talk to you all then, guys. Bye.